The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is Goodnight Maryland Radio with your host, Nina Bosky. It's been more than 50 years since the tragic death of one of Hollywood's biggest stars at the time and in history, Marilyn Monroe. Nina seeks to uncover the life and death of this legendary star as it coincides with the pre-production of the feature film, Goodnight Marilyn. You'll get a chance to question, explore, and discover the secrets surrounding what really happened that fateful night back in 1962. Let's start the conversation. Here is the host of Goodnight Marilyn Radio, Nina Bosky. She would take dramatic lessons for three hours. She'd have lunch. After lunch, she would take dancing lessons for an hour, singing lessons for an hour, fencing lessons for an hour, and then go on the back lot and ride horseback. And I said to her one day, Marilyn, why do you work so hard? The other kids that are under contract, I call sometimes at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. They're still sleeping from being out the night before. She said, well, Mr. Lyon, she said, I work hard because one day maybe opportunity will knock and I want to be prepared. Well, there you have it. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Nina Bosky for Goodnight Maryland Radio, and welcome to the show as we explore the investigation, the life, and the movie all surrounding Miss M.M. herself. That's a little bit about her life, a little bit of who she was. A lot of people don't realize how dedicated uh, uh, actress and talent that she really was. That was Ben Lyon from Fox that uh, worked with her and uh, shows, you know, firsthand how dedicated that she really was. Well, as Goodnight Maryland fans, we are growing around the world each and every week, and it is because of you and this story that we've been shedding some great light on this mystery that has been haunting us for over 53 years, soon to be 54. Well, this week's theme... The Moment of Truth. We are on our last show of Season 3 as we get a chance today to wrap up the season. Some of the theories and rumors still floating out there. We'll get a, get a chance to sum, out, uh, sum up what we did find out from the 1982 DA report. But before we get started, we have some shout-outs. I've got Rochelle from Geneva, Switzerland. Gabriel from Brazil. Laurent from Paris, France. Angela from Sassari, Italy. Violetta from Nice, Serbia, Dwayne from West Hollywood, Karen from South Shields, Malcolm from Swansea, UK, Nancy from Milwaukee, Oregon. I didn't know there was a Milwaukee, Oregon. Uh, Serena from Batyam, Israel. And uh, let me see what else we have. We have uh, Simon from Palm Beach, Florida, Joan from Santa Clara, Demas from Amsterdam. And uh, so that is the wonderful Hello, Maryland fans. We also have to um, say some shout outs to, we have, let's see here, we have uh, Melinda Neal. Just want to say thank you so much for, you started our friends who like Goodnight Maryland fan page on Facebook. Davey for his constant participation in the show. 
and the Marilynettes. Uh, Cassandra Ca- Carroll, who is probably one of the first people I spoke to after Randall Libero about uh, t- you know starting this show. Holly Beaven, who came out with us several weeks ago uh, on Marilyn's birthday to celebrate as we paid tribute to the star in the China press. And there are a lot of people to thank, uh, actually, from the Immortal Maryland fan club, not to mention our panel, who's who's from Immortal Maryland, but President Mary Sims, all the people who make the club go each and every day. We have Jackie Craig, who actually handles the flowers now, but we have Jackie Cooney, Fraser Penny, Rebecca Hanks, I hope I'm saying her name right, Shaney Evans, it might be Shani. Lorraine Nickel, Marissa Monroe, Claire Stevenson, Lisa Pridemore, Betsy Brett, Lisa Botchman, and Tara Hanks. So I want to say a big thank, thank you to the Immortal Maryland Fan Club. Also would like to thank Tony Plant and David Marshall, Lois Banner, Anthony Summers, Dr. Cyril Weck, Dr. Michael Badden, Sergeant Sal LaBibera. A big shout out to Ricky and Tammy. And, of course, from Maryland Remembered, we have Greg Schreiner. We have Scott Fortner. I'd also like to take some time to thank our panel. This is a big one. This season, we were all forced to go a little deeper and scrutinize a lot of information, especially, uh, you know, this season. I could not have done this without Leslie Kasperowitz, Mary Jane Gray, April Via Via, Gary Vitaco Robles. You know, this is a group of very dedicated individuals who show up each and every week, uh, not for any other reason, but they love Marilyn and they want to really see the truth get out uh, out there in a more credible way. Also, I'd like to thank uh, Jen Andrews, our social media person who has such a love for Marilyn. Uh, she's one that gives you those special little story finds on Facebook and answers a lot of your Facebook questions. Also, uh, you know, Aaron, our, our engineer who's been working with us, and Randall Libero and Dana Kent. And those of you who don't know Dana Kent all that well, she's certainly a big part of the real-life investigation and the conference. Uh, she's on the radio show from time to time. She's my kind of, like I say, my co-partner here, my cone tea player. I could not do this real-life investigation without you, kid, and I'd love to have you <laughs> say a, a few words. Well, I really like that you called me kid. I think I'm going to start with that one. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this has been amazing. It's been a journey and an evolution. And and very quickly, I just want to, like, take that little lie for a second because it's worth it, I think. Um, When Nina first gave me the script to the entertainment feature film, Goodnight, Marilyn, and I read it, and there was Marilyn inspiring these two fictional characters, I finished reading this thing, and I was inspired. And that inspiration ride started then. But as, as the evolution really commenced, it was on this radio show. And that's why this radio show turned into such a, turned into such a big thing in regards to ha- where we started and where we are right now. When I think about how you brought on guests and started bringing in people that were passionate about her life and her story, because it wasn't just the, you know, the things surrounding her death, but it was about who she really was. And there lies the greatest foundation of how this thing started. But for that to turn into an assembled collaboration between all different types of people, professionals, credible people that are passionate, you and I and our involvement in this, and, and the pursuit to the truth, we thought was going to be just that, a pursuit to the truth which would be different than anybody else. But as we found out, the pursuit to the truth is challenging and continues to be challenging. It's not that easy. 
And, no, and it's that complex. relates to, again, not just the circumstances of her death, but her life. And the good news about this show is that we've gotten to get a taste of everything. But I will have to say that in its evolution, to start with an entertainment feature and a possible platform to tell a person's story, particularly a story as important as this story is, because this whole project now is bigger than the story. It's bigger than that because Marilyn continues to inspire our lives in such a way that when you and I got together and asked each other that question, which I've mentioned before, okay, so when we get the truth and we're able to assemble a live experience for everybody to get together and really have the point of reference for the real information, the real story of her life in all ways, what do we do with it then? And then to be able to take the transformational aspect of it to inspire the consciousness of who we are, particularly in the climate of not only our political climate, but where we still have celebrity accidental deaths on the table like Prince. So yes. collectively, the evolution of this has turned into an amazing entertainment feature with the inspiration of this amazing woman who, who, who reminds us every day that everybody has a dream, inspires people to realize their dreams and, and, to, and to question ourselves about a dream and what we can do with it. But the fact that she can continue 54 almost years later and inspire women to keep the wellness in their life as they want to embark on their dreams and know that they can realize them, regardless of the background and adversity and challenges that they have, that that makes her live on in such a beautiful way that this project is a privilege. End of story. It is just a privilege. And Nina, my buddy, <laughs> you have been so remarkable on this show. Uh, who you've assembled and how, how we've gotten this collaboration together on a human level, it has been the most amazing experience in my life. <laughs> so to you, my friend, and to, to actually the head of the heel here, I got to tell you, you are been, you've been amazing. And I want to personally, on this radio show, thank you for everything that you've done on the show. It's been fantastic. So, well, you thank you. I will take that deeply in because <laughs> it has been quite a journey. So, Bia, thank yes, you. Thank you, Miss uh, Dana Cannon, and it still continues to be. So, we also have uh, Davey. I just, before we bring on Randall, Davey's called a couple times these last couple of weeks. I just, he's on the air with us. I know he wants to say a few words, and then we'll talk to Randall Libero. Davey? Hi, Nina. Hi, hi everyone. Dan, you know, Gary, Mary Jane, Leslie, April, uh, Dana, who, who, it's not only women, it's, it's us guys as well. Exactly. <laughs> right? right? <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. Right. I, I, I just had, I had a lot of discussion with my Marilynette on Instagram, you know, and about most of these shows, you know, that feature Marilyn Monroe and truthfully, I just like to even give satisfaction to these shows. However, um, I know that's what Good Night Maryland Radio is all about, you know, to ensure other Maryland fans who aren't, fam- you know, and I want to ensure them that, you know, who aren't familiar, that this show is, you know, a vast resource. We can analyze and investigate these sources to determine if they are indeed credible together and provide an opportunity to debate for Maryland's sake. Um, you know, for instance, last week's episode with, with Michael Selzman, who strongly needed to be informed of his false accusations, which Nina, you and Gary did quite thoroughly, you know, indeed. Um, but with that being said, I, I, you know, I, I, I would suspect some of the sources featured on, you know, those shows that aired, for instance, who in fact worked with Marilyn on the film. And in life, such as, you know, producers, directors, agents, um, 
but but the, but why they would insist such insight, such certainty that Maryland was behaving in such a way to lead them to say such you know serious things, such as you know the things that I don't even want to you know say out loud. It's, well, it's, you know, you know, David, you're bringing up a good point, and I just want to mention part of the reason why we're doing this, and part of the reason why we talk about these other shows or talk about these rumors that is that most of the people out there. Um, you know, I, I can go out into everyday life and they'll say, you know, she was murdered, right? And that's the first thing that people, yeah. a lot of the public think, right? And they don't yeah. know a lot of the complexities or they'll say, oh, she was drinking and she was doing this. And you know what? It may be an opinion, but then say it's your opinion, but don't come out and say it's fact when it's not fact. And that's part of the reason we have to re-educate the public. And sometimes we have to go into areas that, you know, the the true Maryland fans may go, oh my God, we have to cover this again. But we're here also to educate the masses, not yeah. just the people that already know some of the spe- specifics. And just, you know, really want to thank you for being a part of the show and, and showing such support. Because as you know, sometimes uh, people want the fantasy. They don't necessarily want the truth. And and, yeah. and that's our dedication is to go for the truth. So, Yeah, and it, it's like I, I say to myself, gee, what kind of fans are these choosing to buy into such Hearsay, <laughs> um, Well, here, but here's the problem: is that you know when you have credible people that appear credible on a television show, and this doesn't have to do with just Maryland. This has to do yeah. with everybody, and especially we live in a viral wor- world. You see mm-hmm. somebody that is quote credible, and you go. They say it, and they say it with such authority, you think it's true. We do it every single day, and we don't even know, you know, it might not be Marilyn. It might be Prince. It might be, you know, whatever it is that is out in the world. And so this is actually bigger, you know, when Dana said this is bigger than Marilyn, this really is bigger than Marilyn. This is about each and every one of us deciding what we're going to sign up for and think it's truth. And, you know, we live in a world right now that we have to really ask ourselves some tough questions. Is Mm -hmm. what they're saying the truth? You know? And backing yeah. it up, so so yeah. I you know I really want to thank you for for you know being a good part of this and and definitely supporting it because there's a lot of people out there that don't have any knowledge of the truth yet. Yeah, and it me it means so much to me, you guys. You have no idea. And lastly, I want to say as someone who made many mistakes and sometimes the same mistake over and over. I know Marilyn did too, and I accept that, but I can't accept made-up stories. You know, my point is she wasn't perfect. She was human with feelings, and in fact, I love that she made mistakes, you know, you know the factual ones, and, and we all make mistakes. So in true Marilyn fashion, in true Marilyn fashion, I just want to say let's all just be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Davey, so much, and a very good point. You know, we're all human, including Marilyn Monroe, so thank you so much. Uh, we've got to move on because we okay, have to talk to Thank you so much, though, okay? All right, we've got to move on. Randall, are you with us as well? Yes, I'm right here. All right, Randall. I wanted to make sure Davey, uh, we had a chance to talk to Davey. He's been such a dedicated listener, and you've been such a dedicated executive producer. <laughs> Could certainly not do this show without you. It started way back when. So I'd like to hear your some of your thoughts as well. Well, first of all, I want to say I, I can't express my extreme gratitude to our panel, um, to Mary Jane Leslie and, and Gary. for being And April. And April. And for, yes. for everyone who's been with us, since we started this over 40 episodes ago. 
And doing a radio show and making it consistent and interesting that long is 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 a, is really a testament to everyone who's been involved with us. So to our to our panel, thank you so much for being a part of this journey. I, I can't express. I mean, the tireless hours that you spent researching and and being on the air here is just is truly extraordinary. Um, the Response to the show has been incredible. I mean, to have reached, you know, that, that we're, we're, we're talking to 50,000 people about since we started this and, and more uh, ongoing. And it's just, it's, it's uh, the response to the show has been truly amazing. And I really have to say that being a part of this story, I really feel that, you know, that we're continuing to talk about Marilyn. I mean, if you look at her life, a woman who came from extreme... <laughs> Uh, circumstances when she was young and not even having a close family on a consistent basis to creating, you know, the ultimate screen movie star uh, who she or, you know, that, that she created the persona of Marilyn from, you know, that Norma Jean just thought, you know, from looking at the history of what was, uh, you know, the films that she saw when she was young and taking parts of that and bringing it into, you know, a new form uh, was was revolutionary for for Hollywood, and we heard from Ben Lyons at the beginning of the program how incredibly dedicated she was to her craft as an actress and just being great at anything that she did to be a, as diverse as she could, so she'd be ready to take on anything that would come at her. I mean, the the the, uh, the track of this woman's life is is just. Uh, it's beyond amazing. Every time I hear more about her, I just like, this one person did all these things? I mean, how is that even possible? But at the same time, she struggled with so much because of the, the climate of Hollywood at the time. And I always get asked about, the why are you doing the show? What's relevant about Marilyn? And I think that if you look at history, that the kinds of things, the celebrity deaths that are happening today from, you know, from Elvis and Prince and Michael Jackson and all this Marilyn was probably the first person in, as a celebrity who was out in the open about these things. We saw her life just laid bare of everything that happened to her, you know, the, the, and, and also now that we know all the, you know, that we, what we explored on the show, how much of people took advantage of her and, 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 and it, it, was, it became very sad and very tragic. And she continued to try to, to move beyond that at every part of her life. She never lost hope. And uh, I think that yep. we can we can take uh, something out of that in terms of I think that's why she's continued to be admired because people knew and still today know what really happened when you start to read about her life and especially you know the detail that Gary thank you for those extraordinary books that you wrote about Marilyn because we really get to know the person um, about who she was and how how much she tried to break the mold of being a movie star you know with everything that she did. So uh, I'm, I'm just uh, honored to be a part of what we were doing and that we're getting closer to the truth of what we have kind of come to the understand with all these 53 years of, of things, you know, of misinformation that we're finally, with all of our, it's taken this many people and this much time and this much effort to finally separate everything so we actually can find out what may have really happened that day. Definitely. So I, I have to say thank you again, Randall. This is a journey. It will continue to be a journey as we get to our next step uh, with uh, taking it a little bit further. But thanks again for being a part of this show. Could not do it without you. Oh, you're very welcome. 
All right, we have to take a quick break. You're listening to Goodnight Maryland Radio. This is the last show of the season, and we'll be back right after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The daytime discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com. And now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. You'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnists. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show. Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6. 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. Voiceamerica.com. Listening to Goodnight Maryland Radio. Help us explore the mystery that is and was Marilyn Monroe. Call into our program at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to MarylandLiveTalk at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. My secretary rang and said, Mr. Lyon, there's a very beautiful young girl here to see you, but she doesn't have an appointment. I said, well, Mary, you don't have to have an appointment to see me. Send her in. So a moment later, in walked the most gorgeous young girl you've ever seen in your life, this golden hair, beautiful little print dress, and uh, 22 years old. And I said, sit down. So she sat by the desk, and I began asking various questions, what she had done. She told me a little extra work and a bit here and there. And I said, what's your ambition? She said, to be a film star. And I looked at her and I said, well, honey, you're in pictures and I think you will be a film star. I said, "Uh, I don't think you can use the name Norma Jean Doherty if you're going to be a star. We've got to change your name. By the contract, we have a right to change the name. So she agreed and we looked in the book and thought of all kind of combinations of names. Nothing suited us. And finally, I remembered a girl I knew in New York, a stage star by the name of Marilyn Miller. And I said, to me, you're a Marilyn. And she said, that's a lovely name. I said, all right, that's your first name. We couldn't find a second name, but she suddenly turned to me and said, Mr. Lyon, could I use my grandmother's name? I said, what was that? I said, Monroe, Marilyn Monroe. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Goodnight Maryland Radio. I'm Nina Bosky, and we have been talking as it's the last season, saying a lot of thank yous. Um, I just want to read this quote, though, because I think it uh, really says a lot of what we're doing and what we're trying not to do in this show, is a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth 
is putting on its shoes. So just remember that this is not a, a easy uh, challenge, but it's one that we're taking our time and uh, looking through all the the rumors, the theories, and hopefully facts that we can give them as we find them. So want to say also thank you to a, a really the Maryland community. You know, we may not always agree, but we have managed to maintain a respect for each other during the season, which is not always easy to maintain, especially if we have different views. When anything is charged like it is for the Maryland fans around her death, it becomes difficult to see each other as fellow human beings. But to disagree and, you know, especially when we disagree and and, and we come at each other with judgments. But as I've said from the beginning, our goal is to come at this tragedy with healing and truth. Because when you have those two elements, transformation really can occur. And it does take a village. So just like what happened in the tragedy this week, um, there are tragedies that happen like that every single day. This week was not only a big one for the world and the United States, but especially for the friends and families who lost loved ones. You know, our choice is to either lead with love and compassion and truth for healing healing, and that can occur or we'll keep getting this lesson. You know, Marilyn was a big supporter of people, animals, human rights, children. I'm sure if she were here today, she'd have been front and center, just like Lady Gaga this week, talking about this, especially since she had some gay uh, friends in, uh, you know, as we call now today, the LGBT community. So Mary Jane, I know you wanted to enlighten us, not only with her friends, but a, a great quote from Marilyn. Yes, uh, Marilyn was had a lot of gay friends, and when you think about the era in the 1950s, that's even more surprising than it would be nowadays, but uh, some of her closest friends uh, were gay men. Um, she, her choreographer, Jack Cole, a lot of her photographers, her director, Billy Wilder, um, and one of her closest gay friends was Montgomery Clift, and in an interview with W.J. Weatherby in 1960, she was asked about it, and she said, people who aren't fit to open the door for him sneer at his homosexuality. What do they know about it? Labels. People love putting labels on each other. Then they feel safe. People tried making me into a lesbian. I laughed. No sex is wrong if there's love in it. Wow. And, you know, she was so ahead of our time, and that is something that we can still take to heart today. It's, yeah, it's especially not wrong back if there's in the- love. Especially, uh, you know, back in 1960, 62, you know, that certainly wasn't uh, a time of uh, people were coming out uh, as much and saying that she that's just as relevant today as it was back in 1960. So thank you for that. And, you know, that that brings us to a real appreciation of this work this season. We've really drilled down much of some of the rumors that are still floating out there. You know, it's not been an easy, easy last week, but I want to share with you the breakdown uh, before we get into what we've accomplished uh, this season. You know, last week we had the infamous Michael Selzman and Davey uh, spoke to it as well. And, you know, we do have a few takeaways. If you heard me say, even with Robert Slatzer, with all the stuff that we learned and came out this season about him, the one good thing that he did is he was responsible for the 1982 DA report. So there are some um, blessings even in in some of this uh, stuff that comes out. And is there any takeaways, Gary, that, uh, that Michael Selzman did give us? I believe so. He, he discounted the rumor of Marilyn scheduling a press conference the Monday after she died, and that had always been something that the, many of the rumors were based upon, and he kind of settled once and for all that that was not her intent, and, and his firm would have been aware of that. 
even if Marilyn kind of snuck around to do this because the media would have reached out to Arthur P. Jacobs' company. And he also confirmed that, that Fox was not involved in any cleanup of her house following Marilyn's death. Uh, he confirmed to us that Patricia Newcomb was not terminated from her position at the company following Marilyn's death. And he was very clear that the press agents working for Arthur P. Jacobs did not know anything about the circumstances of her death on August 5th and had really nothing to tell uh, the press because they, they just did not have access to any specific information. I thought yeah. that was all pretty significant. Well, it was in the sense that I, I would say this, is that um, there was no need to sensationalize. The only issue that is 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 what we called him out on last week, and this is the one that I, I think that a lot of people need to be called out on. I don't mind if you say this is my opinion, but um, he also went on A.J. Bensa's show and said that, uh, that uh, you know, all the press were asking him if, uh, you know, she had been murdered to us either pre-interview and interview, he never said such a thing. So again, you know, are you perpetuating rumors because you think that's what people want to hear or are you really saying what it is, which is the truth? And that's one of the things, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, that we've, you know, had the daunting task this season of not coming at things as so much as the truth, but dispelling a lot of what is rumor. You know, if it's a rumor, it's a rumor, but don't come out and say it's the truth, right? You know, so um, I just wanted to say that because I think that, you know, in terms of the press conference, that would be something his agency would know of. And the fact, the one thing he did say, and and this is just that that sign of the time, there wasn't as much press. Um, there were you know a handful of press people, so it really would have um, come out. And in AJ, AJ Benz's show, you know, uh, he talks about you know the press conference once again. You know, again leading with rumors. And I have to say, you know, it's just interesting if we just take. Uh, you know, the A.J. Bensa's uh, show, they had two shows, the National Enquirer and the A.J. Bensa uh, case closed uh, on the Reels channel a couple weeks ago. He starts off the show saying, many questions I hope to answer by reopening this classic Hollywood mystery. My mission to examine the evidence, test the theories, and hopefully do what no one else could, solve the unsolvable. Well, Guy, I have to say, you know, uh, you have to start with the facts and break it down. And as you will hear... We'll just do some of the highlights. We're not going to do the whole show because it's just going to take up too much time. But what you heard was a lot of theories and rumors and absolutely no facts. I mean, that's the, that, I mean, that's the ultimate sensationalism. So, Mary Jane, I know you had a chance to, uh, to, to watch the television show as well. And I wanted you to go through it and kind of uh, specify how many errors did you actually find? I sat through that show last night with a pen and a and a pad in front of me, and every time something incorrect was stated, I, I jotted it down, and I numbered it, and I have a total of 81 incorrect statements in an okay. hour-long show, subtract time for commercials, and essentially the whole thing was trash. Well, the problem with it is, too, is that they mix in some things. Like, for example, they had Dr. Cyril Weck, and don't ask me why, they have a forensic pathologist talking about the Kennedy rumors. Why would you have a forensic pathologist talking about Kennedy rumors? It just doesn't make any any sense. So uh, as some of the takeaways, I know, Gary, you had uh, a couple of takeaways, too, from that show that we're not going to go over 81 uh, mishaps, but what are some of the things that we can clear up for people that are still lurking out there besides the press conference? Guys, there was 
no scheduled press conference. I want to say that again. There was no scheduled press conference. The most she could have ever said to somebody is, oh my gosh, you know, I should, I should tell, you know, tell everything I know or something like that. But there was absolutely no scheduled press conference. All right, Gary, go ahead. Well, there's, there's this fixation that no residue from the pills automatically means murder. And um, as we found out in our investigation, we had multiple pathologists saying that that's exactly what we would expect, that, that she lived long enough for the pills to metabolize. So that keeps coming up in these documentaries, as well as Doc, um, the Clemens, the officer, finding no glass at the scene, although there's photographs of a drinking vessel by the by the scene. Let me ask um, you a quick question. Let me and this is for the panel. There seems to be a lot of that going around because there's some pictures you see a glass and some some that you don't. Why is there that misinformation when clearly in some of the photos you do see a a, a glass? Does anybody want to answer that one? Well, I, I believe well, that that Clemens just didn't have accurate information because the the photograph that the police took of the nightstand showing the vessel on the floor that was published in the newspaper um, on, on August 5th and August 6th. We've got clippings of that. So he just might not have been aware that that information was available to the public and when he was trying to sell his story, uh, maybe he just didn't see it or he didn't even know evidence of it existed. And Leslie, were you about ready to jump in too? I was going to say about, about the same thing, and I think that um, Clemens' role in the investigation is often overestimated um, as well. He was the first responding officer on the scene, but he didn't actually handle the investigation. Yeah, and that's a very good point. So, guys, this is another thing to clear up. There was a glass by her bed. I'm going to say that again. There was a glass by her bed. All right. So, uh, and and Mary Jane, what were one of the other things that you uh, found out as well? And then we'll, we'll bounce back to Gary. That is some of your highlights from that show. Um, well, there was a lot of uh, credence given to the accounts of people who we know have been discredited. And I think that was one of the big sticking points for me is when they're, you know, saying Jeannie Carmen said this or Lionel Grandison said this. And it's, it just astounds me that um, these shows don't bother doing any fact-checking before they put this stuff out there. Yeah, and one thing I just, you know, it's so interesting when you look back at that that one rumor about, um, you know, RFK and, and Marilyn having an affair at the apartment of Doheny. You know, if you're going to follow the rumor fact, right, then the rumor fact should be that went JFK and then R- RFK. That's really how the rumor goes, right? So how in the world would she be having an affair prior to JFK if it was 1961 that she was at Doheny? So it doesn't make, that in itself doesn't make make any sense, let alone calling and asking for sleeping pills. Uh, let me just say this, guys. We'll recap this in our what we've accomplished. In, in two months, we already know she was prescribed by Dr. Engelberg 900 pills. 700 of them were sedatives. I don't think the girl needed any sedatives that night, okay? So I say that because it's like, come on, you know, do some of the facts facts checking. Um, uh, And then, Gary, you had uh, some more, too. Well, Mr. Salzman goes on to say that she drank an entire bottle of champagne and took the pills. And, you know, for once and for all, we were able to confront him with the toxicology report, which stated no ethanol. 
So that just is not based on any medical evidence, which is available to anyone who's willing to look for it. He also made some statements about uh, Dr. Jacobson, known as Dr. Feelgood, prescribing amphetamines to Marilyn. Um, there's really been no evidence of, of that being true. And um, uh, interestingly, Mr. Abbott from the mortuary stated that Noguchi found a needle mark in the armpit, which does not appear in the autopsy report or any of the interviews with Noguchi. If, if any mark was found in the armpit, it was likely due to the, to the embalming process. Please and do, not get me, do not get me started on this guy, Alan Abbott, okay? I think out of all, all of the Maryland people that have spread not just rumors but horrific things, to me I look at him and I go, you are a mortician have some credibility here to go and I asked this question I've asked it last year too have has anybody not shaved their legs or had had chipped uh, nails or maybe their their hair color hasn't been completely perfect you know we go back to it Marilyn was a human being the fact that you would go out there you know 50 plus years later and talk about an intimate detail like death like that I, you know I, I, you know me I'm I'm all for fair but this is just unbelievable that this man has any credibility on any show. So I just, uh, you know, I look at somebody like him. When you look at, uh, you know, a mortician's role, would you ever want your loved one, uh, you know, being talked about from a mortician? Oh, my gosh. I just, I, I just can't even believe this is the type of people that are going to be on a show like this. I just, it's, and, and that they're giving them airplay. So anyway, go on. I'll get off my high horse. <laughs> Atrocious. I, I, I agree when people are most, you know, vulnerable when, when they're deceased. And then coming back to like a, a motive for the Kennedys wanting to distance themselves from Marilyn, it's, it's repeated that the, the birthday gala for JFK was the final straw and um, suddenly her appearance um, you know, disturbed the Kennedys when we know that she was invited to perform in the manner in which she did. And we know um, through photographs of the rehearsal that all of the moves, um, the way she sang and the gestures that she made was all scripted. And um, she was delivering exactly what uh, the Democratic fundraiser was hoping she would that evening. They even stalled her appearance till the very end. She was kind of the piece de resistance of that show. So I, I don't see how the Kennedys would um, have a negative reaction to something that they were aware of and were even um, uh, asking for in terms of a command performance. So, so again, you know, the, a lot of the, you know, the the thing that I had the biggest issue with the show isn't even so much what they were saying, although that was the challenge as well. But it was how they 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 staged it, um, already assuming that there was a rumor. So if you're really looking at the evidence. You know, there was absolutely, you know, when you look at what Mary Jane said, 81 errors, 81 errors in a one hour show, basically making the same stuff out there. And I'm not saying, you know, who knows if some of it is true, some of it isn't. But look at what we're already proving that isn't. We already know what is true. So even if you came out from that aspect of it, but what happens is they, 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 they'll mix a little bit of what we do know to be true to stuff that isn't, and that becomes a convoluted 
again show. So I want to move on because we don't have a lot of time um, and I really want to get to, you know, what we did accomplish this season, especially in the 1982 DA report. You get the drift in terms of the AJ Bensa. If you want to watch shows like that, just Guys, just be, just scrutinize what it is you're hearing and ask yourself, is this the truth? Not just with Marilyn Monroe, but everything in life, you know, especially in the, in this day and age of media. So, you know, Leslie, let's start with you in the, in the DA report. What do you think some of the takeaways are? Um, well, one of the biggest things about the DA report is that we have multiple experts across the board agreeing that there is no evidence of foul play in her death and that she absolutely did um, and that the evidence shows that it was um, ingested orally and that there is no evidence to show that there was any other means of administering the medication. So you have Dr. Stevens, who is the chief medical examiner and coroner in San Francisco. Um, you had Dr. Kornbloom, the LA coroner. You had um, Robert Cravey, who was a coroner at the office of the sheriff in Santa Ana, California. And, of course, you have Dr. Noguchi as well, all agreeing that everything that was found in the autopsy was consistent across the board with oral ingestion. So that was a huge takeaway for me that you have all of these experts and they're all agreeing. Yeah, and that was the other thing that they insinuated also, too, is that, you know, that she couldn't have digested them. We already have gone through several shows recapping it over and over and over again. And the reason why we did that is so people can start to see that really the pathology starts to make sense. It's not just, oh, my gosh, she didn't have crystals in her stomach. And how many times do we hear that? Or she was injected, Uh, you know. So, Gary, what are some of your takeaways? Well, going going back to the culpability, you know, uh, we were we were able to determine that there were 900 pills prescribed in a 60-day period by Hyman Engelberg, and he prescribed the chloral hydrate, which he had denied, and we we also unearthed photographs of the bottle and the prescription that that he wrote for her. We know now that that chloral hydrate and Nembutal were contraindicated; they were a deadly combination. Uh, we talked about likely an addictive process that was going on for Marilyn, and um, that was also clouding her judgment. And we, we also know from Robert Littman, who was part of the suicide prevention team, that um, Dr. Siegel and Dr. Engelberg were very vague in their responses to questions about them prescribing the, the drugs that actually killed her. And Littman's testimony also clarified to us that Greenson was very concerned about Marilyn that night when when he left her. Yeah, and then um, April, if you're on the line with us too, I'd like to to also talk a little bit about Lionel Grandison because that was one of the things that we also learned about. April, are you there? Um, I think the biggest thing for me was, um, I'm glad that you brought up Grandison, was just that we know he was really nothing more than a pencil pusher and that him signing off on the death certificate wasn't anything like unusual for him or um, really that his opinion wouldn't have been taken into consideration. He just had to sign off because that was his job. And um, I think the 82 investigation was great because it did just people like Grandison Flats or um, James Hall. It just went to the list and disproved everyone that we've been hearing for, you know, 30 years. All right. And then Mary Jane, what are some of your takeaways that you think that we've also learned from this season? Uh, my favorite parts of the DA report were just that it bolstered some of these uh, rumors that have been going around for years with, with more evidence because they did look very thoroughly into many of them, such as the, 
the diary or the house being wired. Um, and they, they, they did a very thorough investigation and really proved conclusively that these were just not true. And, you know, seeing how James Hall was attempting to uh, extort police officers, like, oh, I know stuff, but you got to pay me $50,000 for me to tell you, it just make it, it adds more to saying this person is not credible. And I think the DA report covers that so well. Well, I think also, you know, one of the things, and I'm glad you brought up the Red Diary, because that's another rumor. And I'm all for, if you have any evidence of the Red Diary, I'm going to say this again. I probably have said this probably 15 times since we started doing this this show. If anybody has any access to the Red Diary, uh, that is not anything more than a book of poems, which we know that actor Ted, I think Ted Jordan from the DA report finally came forward in the report and said, you know, after they uncovered that he said he had a Red Diary and then he realized that he had a book of poems of Marilyn, which probably is the book Fragments that has already been published, is that come forward, come forward. I can't tell you how many people still email me and tell me that they have this information, that information, and yet when I ask them to come forward, they can't, they can't come forward with anything. So I think that the clear picture today is I want you guys to know this, that the Red Diary is an absolute rumor. Okay. Uh, and uh, Leslie, do you have anything uh, that more that you want to add in terms of the DA report? Because there's some really interesting things that we did find out. Yeah, um, well, the DA report, um, uh, in addition to all of the pathology, um, also covered a lot of what was going on in terms of her prescribing. Um, we um, have learned that Dr. Siegel was also involved in the in the prescribing, um, and so I, I found that that was really important to know that there was may have been other doctors who were bringing in pills, um, and they did try very hard to track the um, all of the pills and the prescriptions and outline what all she had access to and what was available. Um, and one of the questions that it left a little bit was that question of what Dr. Siegel had prescribed and what um, Dr. Engelberg had prescribed. Um, and I think that's going to be something going forward that uh, hopefully we can come up with a little more um, evidence to find out where exactly those prescriptions came from. So yeah, for me, that was a big takeaway from the DA report. Yeah, and I want to get to that, too, is what else do we have left to to still un- uncover? But one of the other things that we uncovered, two things that I want to mention, one of them is there is no evidence, although Michael Selzman said this on air, and we told him this last week, there was and is no evidence of abortion six weeks before her death. Uh, Gary, do you want to allude to that one more time as well? Oh, yes. We confronted him on that as well, but, but we know by the medical experts that we consulted with in looking at the autopsy report and the thorough investigation of the reproductive organs that there, there was no evidence that there could have been any recent um, a pregnancy and uh, certainly no evidence of um, a, a recent abortion. So okay. that was very clear in the autopsy report. Exactly, exactly. And Mary Jane, uh, what else do you have to add here, too? Well, in regards to that, um, for the proof that what Mr. Salzman was saying is incorrect, is Marilyn had what's known as a corpus luteum cyst on her ovary. Um, the corpus luteum is, is basically it's, it's a follicle that forms after ovulation, and um, it would be there within two weeks after having her period, and you don't get your period for six to eight weeks after having an abortion. So because we know she ovulated and had her menstrual cycle, she did not have an abortion prior to her death. 
All right. And so um, does anybody want to add anything other um, in terms of the, the DA report? Because the one big thing that I want to talk about, and I think this is a really important one, is the time of death. <laughs> so anybody well, want to add yeah, that? I add that, you know, I think we went a step further um, than the DA report did. And we did some really uh, digging down into borderline personality disorder and how that can suggest a, a desire to impulsively end emotional pain or a, possibly a borderline crisis involving Marilyn impulsively overdosing, maybe with an attempt for, uh, an intent for rescue. Um, we also looked at uh, the mood disorder or, or bipolar disorder, which she possibly had. So whatever speculation that, that we were um, offering, it was based upon uh, mental health issues that we believe that, that she had. Um, and we also looked at an addiction to meds, suggesting that she might have had a very high tolerance and that her overdose might have been also due to her threshold for the meds being quite high. Uh, maybe she took uh, an amount to sleep that would have been f- uh, fatal for other people with lower tolerances. So I think we, we took this a little bit step, uh, a step further. And what, Leslie, did we determine, and Mary Jane and April, if you want to, but Leslie, you were going to jump in, in terms of her time of death. Right. I was going to say that, again, all of those experts all agreed that it was a slow death process. It was not quick, which tells us that it was, um, there was time for the drugs to absorb into her system. And based on that, when we were able to talk to Dr. Cyril Wett, um, we were able to determine a pretty clear time of death um, that puts her death actually after midnight, which was uh, kind of a big shocker, I think, in this season, um, because previously most people had believed that she had passed away prior to midnight. And, um, you know, Dr. Weck's determination of the time of death based on a liver temperature uh, really agreed with the slow death process that Dr. Stevens talks about in the DA report and kind of nails down for us um, a lot of what can and cannot be plausible based on when we believe she actually passed away, which at this point, you know, lands in the in around the 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock hour in the early morning hours of, of August 5th. So one of the things I think we have to keep in mind when you're breaking this down for yourself is that Marilyn did not die quickly. So if you, regardless of what you think, we do know through the pathology that she did not die quickly. It wasn't somebody like injected her, gave her an enema, and then she just died. She didn't die that way. So that is known. That, you know, as I said, science doesn't lie. That's one thing that we are and we have found found out. April, did you want to add anything uh, in this as well? Um, I was just going to say, I know that the suicide prevention team had originally put her death at around 12.50 a.m., and I think it's interesting that um, Cyril Weck put you know, included that time as, you know, the very earliest that she could have passed away. So it just shows that the truth does come out and it had come out in 62 and now we're rediscovering it. So, so let's, you know, unless there's something else that we want to bring uh, to the table, um, I I really want to get to also what we yet have to address. What are some of the things that we do have to address? Uh, Gary, you had some things as well. Well, the DA report um, went into a detail about Marilyn's phone records, and we never had an opportunity to explore that. Um, we also, they also really investigated the belief that neighbors had seen Robert Kennedy at her house that day. Um, there was a, a rule out of surveillance, and the claims that equipment related to surveillance had been found in the home many years later. And I wish we had had more time to uh, walk the audience through all of the investigation and testimony related to those claims. 
Yeah, and there's a lot more to uncover as as we get on with this investigation and get to our next step because, as you know, we've, we've got access to some, some information that we need to still explore and see how that fits in. Um, uh, Mary Jane, is there anything you want to add into stuff that we still need to uncover? Um, I really I concur with Gary on, on stuff we would still uh, need to discuss that was in the DA report. And I think... For um, our purposes, the most important piece of documentation we can get our hands on is the suicide prevention team report, because I think there's going to be an awful lot of information in there. All right. And Leslie? Um, Yeah, as I mentioned previously, a a big thing for me is going to be tracking the prescriptions and trying to get a really solid handle on who wrote what and when. All right, and you know what my plight is, is to prove or disprove once and for all whether or not Bobby Kennedy was in town in L.A. that day. And I said, just because I'm saying that doesn't mean that I think that she killed her, or that he killed her. So, April, um, what is your uh, your next step that you really would like to see uh, that we still haven't explored? You know, I agree with what everyone has said. Um, my main thing is just getting this out to everybody so they can see what the truth is. So, you know, what I'm going to say to you uh, before we kind of finish up uh, this season and, and uh, you know, this show, we've been able to dispel quite a bit. And there's still a lot of parts that need to be connected. And I think when we do the real-life investigation and actually connect the visual parts to this, it'll, it'll start to make more sense for people. And that's why we've, you know, reiterated some of the things that we found out. I'm going to suggest for all you Maryland fans that are out there, that you go ahead and share now that season three is is complete that you share this radio show with other people because we are not just re-educating the Maryland fans a lot of Maryland fans you know have specific uh, feelings of what they believe and don't believe but the majority of the public believe all the rumors and I think this is bigger than Maryland we live in a very viral time in our life where things go around in the world and in seconds and we you know it can destroy it can hurt it can enhance it can inspire and it all depends on what's the truth and what isn't so I'm just going to ask you guys to all do that and and the other thing I want to do is go around and uh, you know one of the things that Marilyn would say and we heard it in last week's show is that when she would get nervous or she be on stage, she would say to somebody, you know, say a good thought for me. So, Leslie, we'll start with you. What is your good thought that you'd like to have the public know about Marilyn? My good thought for Marilyn has always been, and hopefully that's what we're doing here, that one day we can lay rumors to rest and that she can be remembered as a sensitive human being and as an actress and not just for her death. Great. And Mary Jane? Uh, my good thought for Marilyn is that more people will see beyond, you know, a skirt flying up or a supposed affair and get to know who she was as a person and take her seriously as she so wanted to be taken seriously. And how about April? My good thought for Marilyn, um, I actually had interviewed um, Professor uh, Dr. Timothy Bywater, and he said that he believed that Marilyn was remar- Marilyn's, uh, Marilyn's legacy was remembered for the wrong reasons, and I agree with him. And I hope that one day she can be remembered for her career and for her charity work and for all the good deeds that she did. Beautiful. And Gary? Oh, I really wish the media would be more respectful to Marilyn's legacy and focus on her film career and her resilience. 
so that she can continue to inspire young people that, you know, if you work hard like she did, you can overcome so many obstacles and achieve your dreams. And my very beautiful thought for for Marilyn and the Marilyn community and the public at large, that we really do honor this woman not star, but woman and human being by really looking at her life and the truth and let that not only inspire her for all the beautiful things that she's done in terms of being the movie star and the glamorous part, but really the human being that touched so many people's lives and really can inspire people for not only achieving but working through the mental illnesses that she she might have had and to inspire people to be all that they can be and really work through to the other side, turning tragedy into transformation. So on that note, I want to thank everybody for being a part of Season 3. We will continue the conversation with Season 4 and the real-life investigation. want to thank the panel. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this season. It was an intense season, and what a journey. Right, guys? Indeed. Right. Quite Yes. So. All right. Well, I'm Nina Bosky for Goodnight Maryland Radio. And remember, never stop dreaming. Thank you for joining us for today's show. Good Night Maryland Radio with Nina Bosky can be heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to tune in again next week. <music>